Jeez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Claps, claps, claps. Les différents podcasts de frappe. Arsenal have been through that mile and a half of pipe like Andy Dufresne in the Shawshank Redemption where you have to see the light at the end of the tunnel. El podcast de golpe diferente. But Arsenal are going through their pipe, like I say. We'll be back. The Different Knock Podcast. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. Hello and welcome back to the Different Knock preview podcast your favorite spin-off your latest spin-off show should i say from your favorite arsenal based podcast uh, and i'm delighted to welcome possibly the best guest yet onto the podcast very well-rounded knowledge of all things football a staunch philosopher of all things juego de posicion it's alexander moneypenny well, it's it's brendan rogers Oh, oh, hi. He's a wonderful guy. Hi, Brendan. He's a wonderful human being. A wonderful human being. <laughs> wonderful guy. Uh, due to some uh, scheduling conflicts and issues, uh, we uh, basically, are doing this together today. Basically, fuck Leicester fans, because they all they all pied Brad off. Well, uh, in <laughs> <Yes>. essence, kind <laughs> of. So we, we nearly had somebody on. They unfortunately couldn't make it. Alas, alack, we are here together today to discuss um, a bit of a preview. So let's this get into great, it. I feel like the shackles are off for me. You're going to see the real me this time. Oh, it's going to be sensational, Brad's isn't it? On the guest. I'm going to leave all of this in. This is going to be, listeners, buckle in. This is going to be the most unhinged episode of the different knock that I feel that you've ever heard. I'm on my AirPods. I'm clutching my right AirPod like it's a microphone. Because I believe that it might help. At any point, <laughs> some of the some of the kids that Alex looks after for a job could come bursting into the room and make an appearance. I'm currently babysitting. I've got I've got no teeth. <laughs> I've had a tooth out this week. I've just seen Sing Two, Brad, which, by the way, is a fantastic movie. <laughs> Dramaturgically superb. Uh, all themes. I asked the kids what they thought of it at the end. I asked them what they thought the morale was, and um, one of them said, uh, "What did he say?" He said. Uh, listen to your dreams and follow them. And the other one said, uh, don't like, be mean. So, you know, in terms of in terms of the morale of the film, they've, they've, they've smashed it. It's coming, yeah, it's coming across well. I uh, I spent my work afternoon with the, with the kid that I look after, teaching him uh, if I only had uh, the nerve from The Wizard of Oz because he's got an audition from The Wizard of Oz. I thought it was if I only had a brain. There's loads of different ones for all the different characters, and they've all got their own one. Has Dorothy got like a "If I Only Had a Shoe" or something? No, she's the only one that doesn't. It's just the it's just the Tin Man line and Scarecrow. That's a good joke. Anyway, let's actually. (laughs) It's not. (laughs) It's just not. Um, Thank you if you're still here and haven't tuned out. Um, (laughs) Yes, sorry. (laughs) Thanks for making it through. So on, on the Arsenal side, I guess that if, as two Arsenal fans, the main topic of conversation that I thought would be really interesting to breach, and I had to 
in brackets clarify this for Alex. So he made it. So he was one hundred percent sure that I wasn't throwing a dig at the club or at Arteta or at anyone when I called what yeah. is currently going on an overachievement. And Be the main thing I, I wanted to kind of chat with you today is how much of an overachievement is it for us to basically be in the driver's seat for Champions League football this season? It's going to take a collapse from us, which is still possible to lose it. Oh my God, the cats are fighting. Um, <laughs> get off. Yeah, no, mate, listen, it's going to be, a, it's, it's a huge overachievement. And like, I think it's one of those things where when you're in the situation, you're present with it and it feels, you know, right now it feels achievable and it feels natural and it feels normal to us right now. It feels like, okay, yeah, we're in the, we're in the driving seat for the Champions League. Yeah, you're, you kind of, we've kind of adjusted to it. Our eyes have kind of, you know, like it's like we've been in a dark room for ages and we've come out of the light sort of come into our eyes. We're like, yeah, of course. But let's not forget where we were at the beginning of the season. Let's not forget we were just in that dark room. Like if we think about from the beginning of the season where we were to where we are now, we are doing unbelievably. I would have taken the sixth place finish this season. I think he even predicted a sixth place finish, finish this season. And of course, you do have to take in what's going on around us into, into context. But ultimately, if you look at the talent levels at the squads in the squads around us, especially up front, you know, top, you know, Kane and Son can basically fucking get Spurs through on a wing and a prayer. You know, considering and considering, you know, you look at Man United. Of course, there's been a bit of sort of capitulation here and there from from the teams around us but ultimately it is credit to the I am also bored of that narrative every every season that has ever existed has always needed something to go right for someone for someone to get fourth right. spot or for someone to win the exactly. FA Cup or for someone exactly. to win the league that's the narrative of football it's about being on it when your opponents aren't Arsenal just happened to be on it this season exactly. and our main opponents haven't been yeah and there was there was something going around which is basically like no one wants fourth, so people are going to default and get fourth. And I think that is total fucking Bullshit. bollocks. It's Bullshit. absolute. It's absolute bollocks. What it is is people win football matches and end up where they end up. That's what happens. Yeah. And you know the thing is, is the the narrative. If you lose a football match, you're going nowhere. Your manager's shit. Your 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 club should just you know fucking liquidate. What's the point? And if you win a football match, oh my god, you know this manager's generational. Get you know get get it in my veins. It's an emotional sport. I get that. But that kind of seeps in a little bit to the kind of media narrative. You know, that's kind of fan narrative, I get, I guess. But the kind of the the more sort of serious journalists and people who actually don't record on their AirPods while they're babysitting, people who like actually, you know, do this for a living. Th- there is a serious uh, problem, I think, in, in, in how this is being framed, where I'm still not seeing the credit being given to the club. No. I'm, I'm not seeing the pieces... If Ralph Raniak had come in and was in the position that Mikel Arteta is in right now, can you imagine the pieces on him? Yep. Can you imagine Raniak masterminds, all this stuff? If Conte was in the position that Arteta was in right now, can you imagine the pieces on it? So I think it's a huge, I think it's a huge uh, overachievement, but also it's been a long, long, long time coming. So people kind of forget where we were and people sort of, you know, we get, as I said, we, you just get used to it. You sort of go, well, of course we're, you know, we're going to get four. No, remember where we were. At the start <laughs> of the season, the, the reason that that was my main topic of the day is a video crossed uh, my feed on, um, I think it was YouTube, of compiling everyone's uh, pre-season uh, predictions of where Arsenal were going to finish. And it was 10th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 7th. Mm-hmm. 
people saying that Villa had more of a shout of Champions League and European football than us. Uh, the same with a lot of clubs. And I, like you say, we have to acknowledge where most people thought we were going to go this season and to some point where we thought we might go ourselves. You know, after those first three games of the season, not not I don't think even the most blinded optimistic Arsenal fan would have predicted fourth. I just don't think they, they would have gone, oh yeah, we'll still get, we'll still get, you know, European football. But I don't think anyone could have predicted this. And I mean overachievement in the best way. It's something that's been achieved by the club. We've not lucked into this. We've not fallen into this. And I've always said that the that league football is the biggest barometer of where you are because it's not game by game basis. Greece won Euros, the Euros. Greece weren't a good football team, but knockout football, literally anything can happen. Nobody would have put any money on Chelsea winning another Champions League last season. The league is where you can test out the barometer of how good a squad is. United will finish wherever they finished because that's how good they've been across a league season. The same with Spurs, the same with literally every single person in this league. If Newcastle uh, beat the drop, it'll be because they deserve to. Whether that's because they've put money in and, and bought players, that's that's part of the game. But it'll be because across 38 games of this, the 2020-2020, the 2021-2022 <laughs> league season, they deserve to escape it. So I think mm-hmm. that you, we, we as, a, as a club have to be really, really proud of these boys. Uh, and to segue on to kind of the flip side of that, I think I've mentioned a few times on the podcast before how the wheels on the Leicester Dream Bus uh, seem to be uh, collapsing. It's like they're driving a kind of 1999 Ford Mondeo. The clutch has just fallen out the bottom. The 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 fucking chassis is gone, and Brendan Rodgers is doing his best Fred Flintstone impression and trying to run himself <laughs> to the, his like to the highest position he can in Fred the league. Flintstone had wonderful technique. Fred Flintstone, <laughs> honestly, the way he the way he moved that vehicle, it was unbelievable. And I guess the main thing to talk about from their point of view, or from from that club's point of view, is is where on God's green earth do they go from here? They've reached what I think is their apex. They've hired the best manager that they can probably lure to that club. They've given him a lot of money. He's bottled getting them Champions League football twice. They've got a seriously aging squad. And I think that a lot of what's going on is massively encapsulated by what's going on to Kasper Schmeichel right now. Nobody could have predicted that this season he would be in the seventh percentile of goalkeepers for post-shot XG the 14th percentile. So this is bad for goals against the 15th percentile. He's a save percentage of 63%. He has a crosses. He's in the 29th percentile of crosses stopped. Like he has fallen off in a massive way this season. And I think it has kind of encapsulated this massive fall from grace for Leicester. And I, I really wonder with Wolves on on the up with Bruno Large and with a lot of other clubs coming to the foray and Arsenal back to it, looking like they can cement themselves as a as a possible Champions League regular with good business this summer. Is I guess the question is, is the dream over for Leicester? Has that ship sailed? Have they missed their opportunity to cement themselves as a, a European club? Well, firstly, I want to preface this with when I hear other people talking about Arsenal as in non-Arsenal fans, um, 
I roll my eyes because I think, you know, there, there is definitely a different perspective from the outside than there is on the inside. Which is why we always try to get someone on, but fuck Leicester fans. <laughs> but fuck Leicester fans. They're all a bunch of entitled little pricks who won't come on our podcast. So there you go. Oh, dickheads. What I think of them. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a, it was a joke to clarify. Yeah. Um, Humour. I think, mate, yes, to be honest. However, as in, is there kind of cementing themselves as a kind of top six club over uh, probably, I think they'll probably be one of those clubs who kind of flirt between that sort of 10 to six place until something changes significantly, maybe um, for the next couple of seasons. I mean, it's difficult to sort of think long-term anything can happen as we've seen in football this week. Um, But what I would say is that's not a failure. Let's remember where Leicester were in 2015, 2016. Let's remember, sorry, the season before that when they, when they were, they nearly got relegated. This is a team that were sort of flitting between the championship and the Premier League at times. This is a team who haven't always, you know, historically been in the Premier League. This is a team that's had some success at points or been, you know, sort of in the Premier League in, in some areas and not. And it's not, it's not a particularly, um, esteemed club you know in, in terms of if you were to ask uh, an overseas fan how did you get into what in, into the Premier League I'm not sure many would say Leicester do you know what I mean you know they're they're a decent club and, and no disrespect to them but they've done they had an unbelievable achievement in 2015-16 they have invested that money and had a decent squad have built an absolutely unbelievable world-class training facility which is absolutely what they should have done they've invested in mm. the stadium they've had some horrendous stuff going on with their own I mean obviously the helicopter crash absolutely tragic and i feel so sorry for that club they've been through so much but actually it's not a failure to to basically go if you said to leicester fans in 2013 14 how would you like being a top 10 club how would you like being a top eight club they bite your hand off but it's it's also not even that how would you like going up being a top eight club after winning a premier league an fa cup having i think one if not two seasons in the Champions League a couple of seasons in the Europa League I do think like you say any Leicester fan would have bitten your hand off and I guess the reason that I look at it from this lens it's almost it's it's almost the antithesis of what's happened to Spurs there's so much expectation on Spurs and zero success whereas now I think we're starting to place really unrealistic expectations on certain clubs because they've been lucky enough because they've been smart enough to model themselves a certain way to flirt with success over the last five years yeah yeah mate and I think there this definitely ties into that whole conversation that we have, have, have sometimes about entitlement about fans expecting things from their club that is not realistic it's not realistic so you're either you're you're either overestimating what your club can achieve and setting yourself up for failure, or you can sort of update your expectations and go, do you know what? As long as we're a competitive Premier League club, feels like there's a long-term strategy in place to keep us where we are. Feels like there's at least, you know, we can do well in the Cups. It feels like, you know, we we are at least building towards something. I think that's what people want to feel. You want to feel involved in your club. You want to feel connected to your club. If Arsenal don't win the league in the next 30 years... But I feel every single season we're do, we're building something. We're still trying to build. We may not get there. Of course, I'll be disappointed. But I don't expect Arsenal to be winning the, the league every single year. No, I think some fans have this have this expectation. Of course, if th- thirty years go by, we don't win win a title. I would be disappointed. Of course, I expect Arsenal to win a title, a couple of titles, maybe even four or five, hopefully more in that period of time. 
But I don't expect Arsenal to be winning the league every single year. And I think you have to you have to look at your club and look at the fr- frankly the finances and where you are, frankly the personnel you got at the club, and set your expectations. And I think it set, set fans set themselves up for failure by going. We should be we should be winning titles. We should be winning titles. Why aren't we? It's like, well, not everyone can. There's one title. So you're going to really live your life like that. You're really going to be a fan. And it, surely it should be about the process. And I have a whole rant about capitalism and how it basically makes people end game everything. Stay present. Stay in the moment. Enjoy what you have and enjoy yeah. the process and enjoy the journey of what's going on because that's what it is to be a fan. And I think so many fans have this really weird entitlement that I don't like. Yeah, agreed. I guess the last question on on this part for Leicester is, uh, is it time for them to look to move on from Brendan Rodgers' era? Now, this seems to be one of the darkest times under him. I could be wrong, but again, this is why we're not Leicester fans. Uh, they're currently creating about 1.41 XG a game whilst conceding 1.82. Uh, they're... They're not. They're they're losing forty percent of their games. Only only keeping a clean sheet one in every five. They're failing to score one in every six. Um, statistically, they're not profiling well. We'll put it like that. Is that endemic of this era for them coming to a close and time for them to maybe move on to somebody else? Very possibly. Very possibly, but again, um, I don't view that as a as a big Greek tragedy. I view that as a natural life cycle of a manager these days. You know, I think I rate Brendan, and I think there's a I, I do think there's a ceiling on what he, what he can do. I think he could take charge of a top four club and do well with them and keep them in the Champions League. I think he's a Champions League level manager. Um, but I think probably there's a there's a life cycle on what what he what he can do at the club, and, and maybe that's coming to an end. I, I mean, look. Leicester from the outside look like a club that are very well run. That's what they look like. Yeah. They look like a club with an invested owner. They won an FA Cup under Brendan. Um, you know, they look like they are a team that have been on the up at times. They, you know, think how narrowly they missed out in the Champions League, I think two years in a row, was it? Yep. So they've had some excellent results under Brendan Rodgers. And obviously it's disappointing to, to do that, but you have to appreciate, you know, again, where you are. And these margins are so fine that you can't, can't you can't say well if he qualified the Champions League he's a, he's the perfect manager for them and if he and if he missed out because of one person kicking a ball he's a terrible manager like that's not how the world works. I think it's also for this season as well you have to take into consideration. I don't have the the amount of them here or the time spent out, but they have had a slew of injuries this season, both Fafana. Yeah. Soyuncu and Evans, three of their their main three centre backs have been out for serious, serious amounts of time. Vardy's been out, yes. and even when he's been in, he's performing. Uh, I think point f- over point over four goals over his xG, and mm-hmm. you know it, it becomes difficult when you're hobbling sides together, especially for right, yeah. And you've got Amati at the back and stuff. I watched them against Ren last night, actually, mate, and. Um, I don't think you. <laughs> I'm kind of watching them, and it's funny now, isn't it? Because we've got. I think we've got one of the elite coaches in world football at the moment. I really do believe that at the moment. I think we're all one of the elite young coaches, certainly. And I'm watching them. And I'm going. Not enough 
not enough combinations on the sides. You've got four in the build up in, in your first phase. I wouldn't go for that. I mean, you, we can't, I kind of get this sort of vision of how a team should play. But that said, you don't see many teams playing four in the build up. You don't see many teams not trying to use the, take advantage of the side spaces. You don't see many teams playing the way that Leicester play with a real double pivot. I think Brendan's tactics are slightly outdated. Um, so perhaps they could go for someone who is a bit more of a way got a position um, guy or, 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 or something else. You know, I, I, I don't know. But I mean, I guess what I'd say is Brendan will keep them at a certain level, but he's never going to take them above it. But equally, do, do, are they expecting to do that? I think they could probably get in, considering where they've been over the last couple of years, they've probably got two or three more managers or manager cycles where they could get in someone of Brendan's level before they start probably looking sort of the rung below um but but so maybe they maybe they take that risk i don't know i do think the issue is though brendan is above them like you say i i don't know if i rate him as highly as you but i i do rate him as a man who could flirt between kind of europa league and champions league football and leicester aren't a club that can guarantee that because they don't they don't have the finances they don't have the stature in the game at the moment and that's that's fine um and i think that it was always um, a stepping stone job. He always, I th- I've always gotten this aura from Brendan that he he went to Leicester to prove that he could go somewhere bigger and then go somewhere bigger. Uh, so I don't know whether they could get someone of the same stature because it always felt like a step down for Brendan and that he was trying to rehabilitate his career to get back up to where he wanted to be. Uh, but again, he, he might just not be good enough anymore to reach those levels. He might have found his level at a Leicester. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Anyway, we'll move on the game in context. So Arsenal have four wins and a draw in their last five Premier League games. Leicester have two wins, two draws. Uh, no, sorry, two wins, two losses and a draw in their last five Premier League games. We currently sit fourth, a point ahead of United below us with three games in hand. And Leicester currently sit 12th, though they do have three games in hand on a lot of those above. Uh, They're on 33 points. They could climb as high, I believe, as 8th if they won all of their games in hand, though we definitely don't want them to do that. Uh, For Arsenal, obviously, I'm going to pretty much until the end of the season rehash these phrases this phrase because the boys use it and I think it's apt this is cup final number 13 we have 13 left of the season we need to treat it as such this these are the games these are the tricky ones that that weeks like this could define what happens come the end of the season it's time for us to now build that gap between us and United so we have the cushion when we play them at the Emirates and for for the course of our season, I guess, I wonder how pivotal you think this result could be for Arsenal, especially with a tricky, tricky seven days coming up with three games in seven days. I mean, without sounding like a media trained footballer, every game is important to some degree. I think possibly the more interesting conversation for Arsenal at the moment is like, how do we manage this week? Yeah. How do we manage this? These next three fixtures because that is a we've been slightly fucked by the scheduling, and we've got to manage it. We've got to look at that and, and decide how we go for it. And uh, I think we'll see a lot of 
a lot of people we haven't seen for a while. Nuno Tavares, as in, as in starting, Pepe poss- uh, very possibly in Ketia, Sambi maybe. Um, yeah, I, 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 I am very keen for us to put Leicester to the sword because, I mean, Liverpool coming up, I want us genuinely in a three-five-two. I don't want a three-five-two, mate. I want a, I want a, a, a Ramsdale and then two banks of five. Play all the defenders, yeah. play all the midfielders. Bobby Holding in the middle, hunker down at Anfield and hope for the best, yeah. basically. Yeah. So I think so. I think the Leicester game is the one to target, really, because um, and 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 the Villa game. You know, I, I, I these are the types of games that that do get you top four as much as you know, every game gets you top four, of course, if you get the points. But as in, this is a winnable fixture. This is a game where we're at home. We've got the advantage. We're in a red hot form. Let's say that. Unbelievable form. Um, and Leicester look fallible. So why not go for, why not go for it? You know, I don't want, I don't want to see us playing cautiously. I don't want to see us back in the, back in the four, two, three, one. I want to see us playing the four, two, three, with party in the middle. Um, as the single pivot. Basically, from the start, um, or as much as possible, um, I want to see. I want to see a great attacking performance because they are they are weak defensively. Um, the only thing I I would be cautious of is the counter. Um, I think Barnes is a is one to watch on that left hand side. I'm hoping Tommy Asu's back for the game, though. Even then, he's not going to be fit, so maybe maybe it's good to stick with Cedric. We've got Smith Rowe back. Um, yeah, I. I, I feel optimistic about it. I just, I hope this is, we kind of see it as a, as a, as the most important part of this week. If we get off to a good start and also focus, focus up against Villa, it sort of doesn't matter what happens midweek. It sort of I doesn't. think because the thing is as well with the Liverpool game, we could play to our apex of ability. Every single one of our 11 could play 10 out of 10s and we could still lose. Liverpool are that good a team. Don't deny it. Mm-hmm. They are just better than us right now. So and for me, this, than when we were where they were before when we played them last, plus Luis Diaz. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Unbelievable! It's ridiculous. So I think the thing for me, and you know, we'll, there'll definitely be some fans crying over this. Liverpool's a pass. It's just a like whatever happens, happens. Play, play the under twenty threes, mate. Keep keep the boys fit and uninjured, and accept the twelve nil loss or whatever. Get Leo um, Messo in. You get Leo Messo in, Charlie Patino at the base. Stick a Conquer up front. <laughs> and then we can focus on the two really, really important games. Now for Leicester, I'm not going to chat like I know a lot about the club, but I guess from my kind of optics and from looking at the Premier League table, this is a chance for them to maybe loud, uh, kind of mount a late charge or push towards some sort of European football next season. However unlikely that may be with the strength of Wolves, Tottenham and United in those spots, though all three of those clubs have looked shaky and fallible in the last couple of weeks. So who knows? Anyway, let's move on to some predictions. So uh, uh, Lord knows who's going to predict Leicester because I don't even know who they've got available. So I'm going to predict Leicester as having the same lineup as their last game other than Jamie Vardy, because I know he's out injured. And there's your little Leicester opinion. Uh, Hang on. For, no, no, we can we can do this, Brad. I can pretend to be a Leicester fan. Pretend uh, to be a Leicester fan so we can hobble news. together this episode. Come on. Team news. Where is it? They've got team news, surely. Latest fitness update. 
Manager Brendan Rodgers has revealed that Ricardo Pereira will be assessed and Papi Mendy is also in contention to appear in Leicester City's Premier League visit to Arsenal on Sunday. Uh, so basically Pereira is being assessed. City remain without Jamie Vardy, without Johnny Evans, without Fafana. Although Fafana's got COVID-19, apparently. Well, so yeah, he might... he's been back in training, but then caught COVID. Uh, so Castagna is out, Bertrand's out, and James Madison returned from the bench. They've got a lot of players out. James Madison is a, a doubt as well, or certainly he hasn't been fit. Bless Who him. knows, mate? Bless him. It's been a tough old time. Uh, for Arsenal, I think we will see a carbon copy of what we have been seeing. I don't think we'll rush Smithrow back. Uh, COVID is difficult to get over, as my partner is currently figuring out. You know, it's 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 not and especially when you're playing a sport that's so based on on fitness and short sprints. Uh, I don't think we'll risk him. I don't think we'll risk Tommy Asu either. I think it is just going to be a carbon copy of what we've seen over the last two games. What about you? Simba, what do you reckon? Meow. Um, well, on our Predictatron, we both predicted a 2-1 win. Actually, what I said was a 2-2 win. That's what I wrote down. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, feel, I'm feeling a win. I'm feeling... I, I think we'll stick with Martinelli. Um... I uh, I don't know about Tomiyasu. I mean, he's being assessed according to Arteta. Uh, I doubt he comes back in. I also doubt he'll be in the in the Liverpool squad. Maybe he's back for Villa. Um, because remember, he got spun by Jota last time. I think after the Thomas Partey incident where we rushed him back and then lost him for another few months, it'll be good to see the club learn from that and not rush. The Is that going to be the 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 Watergate moment? for Arsenal where Thomas Partey was rushed back so even 10 years into Arteta's tenure we're going to be going remember Thomas Partey remember we rushed him back (laughs) maybe maybe maybe. Uh, score prediction for me my friend yeah 2-1 to us 2-1 I'm going to go for a 3-1 victory Um, thank you so much if you've made it through that Christ alive what possibly this wasn't the, the greatest podcast you've ever listened to. I, it, it, it was, but but for many, many different reasons. Possibly the most unhinged content we've ever created with Alex looking like, I, I don't know. Blackbeard. The, po- the, the poster child for a very, very bad Pirates-themed teen movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's got musical numbers in it. They sing like teen pop songs, but they're pirates. Or like... Um, um, I've come to your school to like warn you about the dangers of not brushing your teeth or something. Or drugs. Yeah. I, no, I think I'm a bit too fresh faced for that. You are no actually. One, you no are. one would believe me as a drug addict. No, else. you've definitely never touched drugs. Anyway, before this decays into madness again, uh, thank you so much to all of you for listening. Um, please, if you can, head to any of our show descriptions. You will find our Patreon links, our Barney a Coffee links. Please, if you can, rate the show. That really, really, really would help us out. And thank you so much for listening. Uh, keep it knock, and we will see tell you. Tell you where not what? to go. To any Leicester podcasts. Don't yeah, listen to fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. Fuck all of them. Do we have a word from Brendan Rodgers before we Block go? Block them now. Yeah, go on. Over to you, Brendan. Bradley, you're a wonderful podcast host. Wonderful. Absolutely fantastic. Wonderful guy. So, so beautiful. Alex, you play at the show. Do the Keep It Diff Knock. We'll see you later. Keep It Diff Knock, and we'll see you later. Peace.
Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. Please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and buymeacoffee.com, find us on Twitter at DiffKnock, and visit our website, thedifferentknock.com. Thanks. We all have tasks we'd like to avoid, like mailing and shipping. It takes time lugging all those letters and packages to the post office. That's why you should try Stamps.com. For 25 years, Stamps.com has made mailing and shipping easy. You get all the services of the post office right on your computer, anytime. No traffic, no waiting, no hassle. Plus, you save money with discounts up to 84% on USPS and UPS. With Stamps.com, all you need is a computer and printer. Print stamps, print shipping labels, and if you sell products online... Stamps.com connects with every major marketplace and shopping cart, so you can spend less time on shipping and more time on your business. Get started with Stamps.com today. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus postage and a digital scale. Just go to Stamps.com and enter code PROGRAM. Sports Social Podcast Network.